Welcome to the Film 7 Podcast. How are you all doing out there? Hope you're enjoying the last few weeks of summer. My name is Andy and I've got here with me Jake. Hello Andy. Hello everybody listening, the Film 7 crew. How are you doing Andy? I am doing very well. It's nice to have you back. Yes, I was away in the States for a week and I had a good time. Yeah? Get up to anything fun? Um, no, it was a lot of work. Just wor work and sleep. But that was mainly it. But it was a lot of fun as well. So I'm happy about that. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back, Andy. Thank you. I did see a couple of things on Netflix. And it's been... So, officially, I have watched the worst piece of content on Netflix. Oh, dear. Here we go. It's the worst thing. It. Oh, Jesus. Like... Is the show is called The Island, like not the island, like I hyphen. I, I know exactly the show. I haven't seen it, but I know I've seen people. Everybody likes talking about it. And have they been saying how terrible it is? Um, I don't know actually. I've just seen a lot of talk. It, yeah, the talk must be that it's the worst show ever. So this is the thing, right? When you watch a, a film, you as a as an audience, you just watch the film and everything flows. You, you don't know there's so many people that have come together to put that film together and if there is a weakest link if sorry if there's a weak link in that whole setup it will show you won't sometimes you can't tell what it is but you just know something was off in the film maybe it was a bad story but the acting was good i mean there are things times like that now this island the screenwriting this is the worst script i've ever read the screenwriting <laughs> was Done was it, it, the, the script was like it was done by a twelve-year-old. Wow, the the story is good. It has a good plot. It's sort of like Avatar. There was this. Um, I don't want to spoil it for you, but basically the premise is they had this 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 idea that the criminals, in order to rehabilitate them, they put them in this um, island. They, they, their mind. They put them in this island and put them with other criminals and if they've changed and give them challenging circumstances and if they've changed then they can be allowed to they'll be released to the world so that's a very good story it's In, like yeah, avatar yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a good premise yeah it's a good premise but the and the cinematography was all right but the uh, the, the script was terrible like and the screenplay was just bad people were making decisions like they didn't have a brain like it was just terrible, so do not watch it. It's bad. It's bad. Bad content on if Netflix. You're saying it's that bad? I'll probably give that one a mess. Then. Honestly, man, it will be. It you will not. You've not missed anything. You will. It will be minutes. You've if you watch it, you can't gain that, that back. It will be minutes wasted on TV. But in contrast, I also watched the best British content I have ever seen on Netflix. And it's Top Boy season three. Now that is the best. That is so good. Like Top Boy season three. I mean, I need to just shout out to everybody who had something to do with it. That that it was so good this season. It's not just the acting. It's the story. It's how real it felt. There were actual real consequences. You know, the problem most TV shows have is there's no consequence. Like the actor, the main character can do anything and get away with it. With Top Boy, it's not like that. You do something, you're going to get shot. And it's real and it's relevant. You know the problems we're having in London with crime and all of that. It's relevant. So it gives you an inside feel. It's not like 
And it was shot in different locations. They shot in London, they shot in Jamaica as well. So it was well done. And man, such a deep story. Like, I know you're not, you've not seen anything about Top Boy, but if you can, just watch season one and two, then you will appreciate season three. It's a masterpiece. It's the best British content I have seen on Netflix. And that includes Peaky Blinders, all those other shows that we have, mm. this is this this tops it for me. Wow, that's it's high praise coming from oh, you. Oh yeah, no, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, you first mentioned it to me. I didn't know anything about it, and then after doing some research on the show, I thought, okay, wow, yeah, this does have. Um, everybody who has watched it says it's very, very good. Mm. The third season, I've seen. Obviously, I haven't seen it, but I've heard that um, it's a different part of the saga from the first two seasons. Is that correct, or does it, or does it? tie like closely yeah it ties closely the main characters were back but some of them are older because you know there was this hiatus it was drake and um, that brought that brought it back so there was this hiatus for a couple of years so the the, the the people that were kids at the time when the last season ended you see them they're older now but it's the same story about these two guys from london who just want to rule who just want to own the game and you know, they went they went separate ways at the end of season two. One went to prison and one ran away to Jamaica. So they came back and it's them fighting against the, you know, that vacuum that when they left, that vacuum was filled in by other gangs. So it's them trying to battle the other gangs and to claim the territory back. But that's so that's what the season is about. But it's so good. Like it's really good. It's you know, this thing about consequence, it's not a, an action, there's no action hero in it. Like, if Shane does something wrong, he can get shot. And it's the real truth. And it just gives you an insight into what it's, is really happening. And, you know, sometimes we watch the news and we say, yeah, somebody got shot or somebody got stabbed. And we're like, oh, yeah, that's sad. But this, when you watch this, you kind of get a feel of, wow, what it's really like, like how this... In th how that industry works it's 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 very good content i am sure it's going to pick up i don't know if based on the mature content because it has a lot of drugs in it mm -hmm. based on that mature content i'm not sure if it can be up for an emmy mm -hmm. but if it's it, if it's nominated for a bafta or an emmy it, it, it will certainly win it's it's real you need to watch it. I can't. I'll, I'll put it on my list. Like you need, i can't believe you've not. But and when you do, I you I know you will love it. I will check that out. Yeah. Uh, in contrast to you, though, while you've been watching something very real, I've been watching something not real. Yes. <laughs> uh, I started season two of Titans. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I watched the first episode, mm -hmm. and like the entire time I was watching that first episode, I was like, "Man, this." strangely feels like this should be the last episode of Lassie's. Yeah. It was so weird. Yeah, it's funny. You said that You said that to me when you watched it, and I was online, and somebody else said the exact same thing. They're like, this feels like it's part of the last season. It, it definitely was. I have... Thing is, that, that episode was meant to come out with season one. Mm. At some point, they decided, nah, let's leave that for the opening episode of season two, which I have no idea, because it was the climax of last season, you know, building up to the villain. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, spoiler alert, he is defeated in that episode. Mm. And then we introduce the new villain. So I'm like, you could have just left it. like. And the way the episode ends is, is that we see Deathstroke. Mm -hmm. How awesome would it have been to end season one like that? And you're like, oh, yeah, that would have got you so pumped even more for season two rather than seeing it in a trailer. Yeah, I think it's so. Crazy decision. It's a weird decision. Um, I've seen the first two episodes. Second episode is a lot better than the first one because of those issues. Yeah. 
Um, I, I can't forget the. I always forget the actor's name, but Joel Mormon as Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. He's all right. Yeah, I was gonna ask how he's. He's he? okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm giving it time. You know, sometimes this is one show I want to binge because I did love season one, and I loved it because I just watched everything at once. Mm-hmm. I I don't know why this show Titans. It gets a lot of bad reviews, boys. Yeah, it's got a lot of mixed reviews. Like you have some people like me who do really like the show, but then you have some people that are like, "Nah, it's not quite for me." It took for, for me, it took some warming up to at the beginning. Mm, I, personally, but by I, the end of it, I was like, "No, I, I dig this. This is huh. good." Me personally, I loved it. I really loved it. Like, um, it's not as good as Bad Boys. Uh, not Bad Boys. Um, top Boy. To, not Top Boy. No, the one on Amazon Prime. The boys. The boys, yes. It's not as good as the oh, boys. Oh, no, 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 nowhere, nowhere near. But it is good. You know, I watched the boys again. Oh, did you? Yeah, watch it I watched it's it again. So it's that good. It's I had, so good. Yeah, I watched it all over. There are people that can't watch stuff more than once. I'm mm. not. I can watch I've stuff. been telling everybody at my work, so you got to watch the boys. And then they've been coming back to me and like, yo, that show. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Like when you now watch it, the second time I watched it, and I now <laughs> saw how good it was. And how great the acting. Carl Urban is just... Oh, yes. He's so good. He carried that show, didn't he? Yeah. Him and the Superman guy. Uh, Homelander. Homelander. Yeah. They carried the show. The two of them. I'm happy none of them died. I can't wait to see what happens next I know, day. the ending as well. Yeah. I, obviously, no spoilers here, but that ending... Yeah, I know, right? The things we do for love. That That's not a spoiler, Crazy. Is it? Is no, it? no. That, that's just a little quote there. Yeah. Okay then, so Andy, let's hit into the news then. Let's do it. The first segment of this show is the movie and TV news. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Andy. Yes. We have another contestant for the streaming wars. Okay. And that is NBC Universal. Now we have heard rumblings. I mean, I mean, I have anyway that Universal were planning a streaming service, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we finally get what it's going to be called, uh, some of the stuff that's going to be on there, and a release date. So, so let's start with the name. Peacock, it's going to be called. NBC Universal Streaming Service is going to be called Peacock. Let me, wait, I just want to laugh a bit, wait. <laughs> you mean people went into a room, like creative people went into a room and they were like, yo, what are we going to call our streaming service, and what they came up with was Peacock. Peacock. Do they realize? I don't know what was going on in that room. <laughs> Do they realize the number of memes that will come out from this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who on earth? Who on earth decided to call this Peacock? How can you name your streaming service Peacock? Who does that? Yeah, oh I, I don't. God. I don't get it. I don't think it's a great. Why is this a name for a streaming service? I don't know. I don't know, man. It's oh goodness gracious. First of all, okay. So first of all, it's a terrible name. Terrible name. But that's a minor thing. Okay, yeah. Release date. So it's coming out April 2020. Mm. Uh, no news yet about whether it'll be exclusively at launch in the US or globally or other countries. We don't know that yet. But I would suspect probably US only at launch, at least. NBC is not... NBC... NBC and Universal, and yeah. Yeah, Universal, yeah. But here, I don't know if we've consumed so much no, NBC we content. No, we haven't, no, so the enthusiasm is not going to be much here but for that. Mm-hmm. What else? So let's get into content now. Yeah. Um, well, basically, it says it's launching in April 20th, and it's going to have over 15,000 hours of content at launch. Uh, and the service will include TV originals and classics al- alongside films from Universal Pictures, Focus Features, DreamWorks Animation, Illumination, and more. 
uh, from the get-go, there's a lot of powerful studios there, mm -hmm. I think, uh, with a lot of content that they can give. Uh, the actual content itself, uh, some of the new shows that were coming out is uh, Sam Esmail, so the creator of Mr. Robot. Okay. He's uh, rebooting Battlestar Galactica. Okay. Okay. Interesting. It's interesting, and we will talk about, maybe not on today's show, but we need to talk at some point about Hollywood losing, is, is Hollywood mm, losing And re it? all these remakes yeah. and stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we're also, speaking of which, we're getting a Saved by the Bell revival. Oh, I don't even know what Saved by the Bell is. Do you not remember that 90s show, Saved by the Bell, with Screech? Oh, okay, yes, 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 yes. Um, uh, and the creator of Parks and Recs, really popular comedy show, as we know. Uh, he's creating a new comedy show for the things as well. Uh, they go on to list other stuff, um, but as well as that, Jimmy Fallon's getting a show. So that's it's quite big. Uh, and all the, at launch, we're going to get all this content, which I think, for especially for Americans in the US, there's some big stuff here, like 30 Rock, Battlestar Galactica, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, we've also got Downtown Abbey, Everybody Loves Raymond, Fraser, House, Keeping Up With The Kardashians, um, King of Queens, Saturday Night Live, Will and Grace. So I think there's a lot of there's a lot of content there. There is, but all that content is already on. I mean, for us in the UK, it's already on Sky. You know, all that all these shows you've mentioned are already on Sky. So my question is, are they going to pull it off from Sky? It, it would be pull removed, yeah. So at the end of the day, it looks like everybody's just pulling their stuff away from terrestrial TV and bringing it into in-house. So. Um, stations like Sky, I mean, they already have originals, originals yeah. so that's probably going to be their main thing. But Universal, I think most of their shows are like 90s and all of that. It's sort of the kind of thing you want to use as background sound. Mm -hmm. You know how, how you know some people want to listen to Friends. You told me you listen to Friends in the background. Yeah. A lot of these shows are, as especially I say Brooklyn Nine-Nine is one of those. It's, it's one of the most popular comedy shows on Netflix. Mm. You know, um, after like sort of friends and stuff for that, a lot of people watch Brooklyn Nine Nine. So it's interesting that you know Netflix, like we said about the superhero thing, they're going to have to start producing more original comedies because all these are going to get taken away from them. Yeah, um, it's also going to be home to uh, The Office and pa and Parks and Recs. Okay, yeah, it's two of the biggest comedy shows. Yeah, especially the office. in America. Yeah, The Office was really good. I love the. Uh, yeah, I love the. I prefer the American Office to the UK one. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. They, they were both good. They're both good, but for yeah. me personally, I prefer the US one. Uh, so that's going to be exclusively on the streaming service. Mm. I mean, everyone has needs. So it's like now, it's sort of like if you're a production company. And you don't have a streaming service, you're... What are you doing? You're a dinosaur, yeah. yeah so. We also got all these movies coming out uh, on the streaming service. So movies like Bridesmaids, Meet the Parents, Meet the Fockers, American Pie, uh, the Back to the Future franchise, Brokeback Mountain, Casino, wow. Dallas Buyers Club, E.T., um, Jaws, all of Spielberg stuff. That's all going to be on there because uh, obviously Amblin has a working relationship with Universal. Uh, Mamma Mia, Shrek, The Breakfast Club, the Jason Bourne franchise, the Despicable Me franchise, and the Fast and Furious franchise. You know, this service is not such, it's not as bad as it sounds on paper. It actually has some very good content. Yeah. When I first sent this information, you thought, oh, I don't know. But then when you actually dig deep and realize what they have, you're like, oh, this is actually very competitive. Yeah, it is. And it, there is a market. Obviously, I don't think they're targeting the young people who are going to see Disney films. There is a bracket they're going for. The 
the, I think they are going for a bit of a mixed range because you have stuff from DreamWorks and Illumination. You know, the Despicable Me is huge for the kids. That's a big franchise and Shrek as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, in eventually they will. And um, sorry, um, How to Train a Dragon. Yeah, I mean, okay. No, I mean, yeah, you're right. They have a yeah. So what I'm saying is, eventually, obviously they'll have content for kids and all of that. But all those shows you mentioned are they will really get um, the older folks on board because to me the best film the best era of film is the 90s 90s was good yeah uh, you're gonna get the Jurassic Park franchise on here exactly you see so most of the films we have today are remakes you of know that the 90s I'm gonna quit the only reason we think the best films came out in the 90s was because we grew up in the 90s so the people in the 50s would think the 50s was the best yeah you always it's, have it's, that it's thi- a generational thing yeah you ask a 15 year old now he says what what do you th- what's the best time for film he be like, now mm. yeah but to be but saying that okay maybe that's because maybe this is because i'm a filmmaker so i appreciate i can i know how to watch films mm-hmm. but there's some films from the 50s and 60s that trump everything we had in oh the 90s. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. There's, there's films that you look back and go those are just classics you know what i mean that's how you make a film sort of thing yeah so but the, the reason i think is that why now we see a, a big surgence of 90s mm. is because the kids in the 90s and our grown-ups you know next next year 1990 will be 30 years ago wow which is crazy 1990 was just yeah yeah um so obviously growing up in the 90s you're going to create stuff that you were influenced and inspired by mm. Mm. we'll see i mean i'm Loving this now that I have to shoot because this is I might you know this is one of those things you want to just listen to some watch something good from the olden days and I love watching old films mm-hmm. so I like I'm I'm actually looking forward to this now that I know these things are coming the only problem is the name yeah <laughs> yeah the name Peacock yeah like in this day and age you should know how people are this will be the meme of for centuries to come. But that's good news. So Universal is launching a streaming service in March, a- April, April 2020. Year, and it's going to be called Peacock. Peacock, yeah. No, Again, no news on if it's going to be coming to UK at launch and no news on price either. So as we know, price is also a big part yeah. of how you're going to compete with everyone else. Yeah, I mean, like, there's so many streaming services now. Like, then all you needed was just Netflix and Spotify. Mm-hmm. No, you need Netflix, Apple Plus, all, Amazon. All this stuff. Peacock. I saw someone on Twitter uh, break down all the streaming services, and it would cost you about ninety to ninety to hundred dollars a month. Wow! If you were to get them all. Yeah, and that's the thing. If you get them all, you're not going to watch them all. But in America, what a lot of Americans are saying is that that's cheaper than my cable subscription. Yeah. Well, but for a lot of people. For a uh, lot of people, yeah. Cable but can be very expensive. But that's when they add, when they've added a lot of sports packages. What the most yeah, expensive yeah, thing and is movie sports. packages and all that. Yeah, the, the movies doesn't even cost them much. It's the sports packages that's what really adds to their shows. So, but you don't get live sports on streaming services, do you? Uh, you, you will. You will with Disney, because Disney you're gonna. So with Disney, you can get six ninety nine for just um, Disney Plus, but for twelve ninety nine, you can get Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN. So you can watch, yeah, okay. I, I've eaten my words. So, <laughs> okay. yeah, we're moving into a new phase, Andy. Yeah, so Terrestrial TV is seeing the last days is going, damn, Sky will not like this. <laughs> they gotta, they got to come up with something good. So, yeah, that is NBC Universal's streaming service, Peacock. 
Right, so the next bit of news is the Birds of Prey. We finally get a almost like a first look of what this movie is going to be in sort of tone. Uh, and it is the first poster, which I love. From the get-go, I will say that I really, really like this poster. It's colorful, it's vibrant, it's immediately... What I think what a poster should do is that in one image, it should give you the tone of what this movie is going to be. Mm -hmm. You know, And I think this already screams what type of movie we should expect. Yeah, it's, it's going to be... It's gonna, it has that Guardians of the Galaxy colorfulness to it you know and i i like it i like it it's um the only problem is that tattoo on her neck it looks it's very photoshopped mind over mayhem yeah it does yeah. look very photoshopped and that just kills the value of the production of this but uh, it's it looks good can't yeah. wait to see this I mean, film sp speaking of photoshop the reason i really like this poster as well because i think we're in an era now especially coming from a lot of the marvel movies where it's just a bunch of people's faces on a poster you know, and it, like I could do that on Photoshop sort of thing. This kind of shows a bit more creativity. It looks like they're having a bit more fun with it. Like I love the, all the characters are like birds around Harley. Um, I mean, if you look really closely, the guy in white, that's Ewan McGregor as, oh, black, as black Mask. Oh, is it? Yeah. I, I didn't even see that. Yeah, because obviously they're so small. Uh, Victor Zaz is on the left. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, any other person we can recognize they uh, are so, so ab small. above above victor zaz that's the huntress mm -hmm. uh, and then next to black mask is harley quinn and then above her that is black canary yeah yeah this is be a good film when is february 7th february february 7th next year um and i will say i have seen the teaser for it Andy. how is it looking because it's not released uh, on online. It was released exclusively in cinemas if you went to go see It Chapter 2. Oh, really? Yeah, so it I caught me completely off guard because I, I wasn't expecting it. So I'm in, I'm in the, the theater, you know, waiting for the movie. To the trailers come on. Cool. And then the, the, tra the teaser was actually done very, very well. So it opens up with, like, the Warner Brothers logo and the two red balloons from It and the music of It. And I'm like, at first I'm like, wait, Am I about to see the trailer for It Chapter 2 <laughs> before I see the see film? The film yeah. like, I'm a bit like, I'm confused. Uh -huh. And then I, and it had the music like the... Dun, 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 and then I was like, what's going on? Then the DC logo came out and I was like, oh. And then the balloons came up again and then uh, Harley Quinn just comes out, smashes the balloon <laughs> and she's like, I'm so sick and tired of effing clowns. <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes into this really short, like, it's like 20 to 30 seconds of just these quick it's action-packed it looks like suicide squad but on steroids it looks colorful it looks vibrant it just looks great oh god I, and, I, I, and i just thought that teaser man that was that great marketing there really really good marketing with that on one. the expect the unexpected yeah. these days everything is so expected that once something unexpected happens it really picks our interest um, I, I have an idea of how this film will be, and I'm loving it. Mm -hmm. I just hope they execute it. Yeah, it's all about execution. Yeah, uh, but and let's not forget this film is also rated R. It has to be. It, it has to be rated R. What, what are you going to do with it? How can you pull this off with, with 12 or 13? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Or? I always thought the Suicide Squad movie should have been rated yeah. R. I hope they do it well. I hope they do. Because, I'm looking forward you to know, it. I, I, yeah. Imagine if it was Tarantino. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, that would be kind of cool. It feels like almost a Tarantino type of yeah. film. If, if he was to do a comic book film, it almost feels like he would do something like this. Yeah. Or the Suicide Squad type of thing. What I also like to point out as well is that 
you know, for the last sort of few years, DC has always had this uh, image of being dark and broody with this poster. And remember the Wonder Woman 84 poster with all that 2020 looks like a colorful year for DC. Yeah, but I, I, want it, I want them to do that on their own terms. I don't want them to be colorful because people complained about them being No, dark. Ex yes, exactly. I want them to do it because they've decided this is the way the story should be told. Exactly, yeah. I'm, and, and I'm hoping it was always their plan to have these colorful bursts of, co of you know, content. So, but um, we shall see. As we say on the show. Exactly, we shall see. Cool, so the next bit of news is Amazon's Lord of the Rings series, officially confirmed, will be filming in New Zealand. I mean, we sort of suspected they would. How could you not film in New Zealand? Yeah, it's sort of like saying we've confirmed that dragons will have fire breath. Yeah, of course. Like, duh. Duh. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, if they didn't shoot in New Zealand, there'd be an uproar. They'd be like, why? It, Middle yeah. Earth is there. Like, Well, the, my concern was when this, this news this whole thing came out of this show was that it will be heavily cgi green screen green screen cgi and everything so they wouldn't need to travel but the fact that they've traveled to new zealand it shows that yeah they really amazon really wants to nail this show mm -hmm. and um it gives nothing more in tv gives me hope than this, this, this. Than this show yeah it's also the fact that they are going to new zealand because if you watch the behind the scenes of the lord of the rings you know peter jackson when he was making those films new zealand because it's 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 obviously gorgeous and has these great landscapes but because of that it's very very difficult to shoot a movie there mm. do you know what i mean yeah they, they 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 must know this going in it would much be easier to do it green screen but no we're going to make the effort and go to New Zealand. No, this show, I mean, I'm just, um, every time I watch Game of Thrones and I'm like, God, I miss this show, you know? The only thing, the consolation I have is that this is coming. This Lord of the Rings show is and coming. And the prequels of Game of Thrones. And the, and the prequels to Game of Thrones. Although, yes, we've, we, we're not, if, maybe we'll talk about another time. Those, the, uh, there's some stories coming out about the new shows, right? Excited because. I don't know if they can top Game of Thrones, though. We'll see. Minus the last season. Yeah. That show was so good. I mean, I th the prequels, I don't know. This, on the other hand, Lord of the Rings, I think this definitely could yes. top Game of Thrones. It could. It, it really could. Not saying it will, but it definitely could. It has the potential. There is nothing... It has the potential to be, to be successful. Exactly. It's got the best minds. Yes. It's got... Lots of money behind it, Loads. and you have a company like Amazon behind you. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is what Apple should have been doing. Imagine if this was Apple. This is what they should have been doing. But this is this is what we've been talking about. All these other, like even NBC Universal, they've got IP. Mm -hmm. This is their IP. Apple. I mean, this is a, a discussion for another time. But Apple doesn't have that IP yet. Yeah. So they needed to come with a bank. You don't. Um, you have to come with a bank. You can't just. Yo, I'm Apple. I have a streaming service. Subscribe. What? Because you're Apple? No, you don't do that. You gotta entice us. You know, seduce us to your content. And you just, you know, I'm not. Yeah, we've seen a number of trailers. And when we get to Trailer Park, we'll talk about it. But we've seen a lot of number of trailers from Apple TV Plus. But nothing yet has picked my fancy. No. Nothing has said. Yeah, I'll give Apple fifty pounds a year for nothing yet. No. Yeah, it's. It's a wait and see sort of thing. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping they will do do prove me wrong. But so far, 
Not impressed. No, but on Amazon, on the other hand, so far they're proving us right. Yes. By shooting in New Zealand, that's where you go. Okay, so the next big of uh, bit of bit of news is from the CW verse, the DC universe, and that is Smallville, mm. Superman, mm-hmm. Tom Welling. Mm-hmm. He's reprising his role as the Man of Steel in the major crossover happening in the CW verse. He's old. He's very old now. How old is he? He's must be in his forties. Yeah, yeah. But it's this is absolutely crazy. I mean, for me, who's just you know the DC Comics fan, and you know Crisis on Infinite Earths, it's arguably one of the best DC comic storylines ever. This they're they're going all out. They they are like in terms of uh, fan service, they they literally are going all out. I mean, you've got this guy coming back as Superman. Uh, Brandon Routh, who is Atom, Captain Atom in uh, Legends of Tomorrow, mm-hmm. he's also going to be playing Superman because he played Superman in Superman Returns. Okay. You remember that? Okay. Kevin no. Conroy is coming back. And, you know, so on, on this front, they're hitting all the, all the checkboxes for me. Now, I've fallen off the CW sort of bandwagon uh, just because the, it just became a bit too slow and a bit too soap opery for me. But one thing that I always look forward to was the crossovers because the crossovers wasn't really any of that. It was bang, let's give us all the action and crazy superhero stuff. And I enjoyed that. Uh, so I will be tuning into this, but I don't won't be watching the sort of the shows consecutively. Yeah, I mean, the, the only one I watch is The Flash. And that's the only one I've stuck with. I tried Arrow, I tried Supergirl, I tried Legends of Tomorrow, I tried all of that. They just didn't work for me, so I just stuck with The Flash. And to be honest, man, CW, I don't even know, I don't know what the point, what's the point of CW anymore? Like, superheroes without the budget. That's basically what CW is. I don't know see the point of it anymore. So, it's all good. I will watch it, but tell me, are you excited? Um, Uh, Yeah, I am actually. I'm excited. Like like I said, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm going to watch these shows. I'm excited for the crossover shows. Yeah. Like, just that event. Because no doubt, I have a funny feeling Arrow will die in that as well. Fair enough. I mean, they don't do they don't die. Yeah, he'll die because right after that crossover, Arrow's only got two episodes left, and then that's the end of the season. The yeah, series. Well, in CW, they don't die. They don't kill off their characters. The characters have died before. Okay, well, I mean, like, okay, maybe especially I only Arrow. Watch Arrow Flash. is always the, yeah. Arrow is a lot darker show, and people have died. Okay, in, yeah. in that show, yeah. In in, in um in Flash. The, the main characters they don't die. No, or they come back in a different version. Yeah, yeah, they will always find a way. Even if they they were thrown to into hell, they will just find a way and just lace it with science that he dissolved into some molecular particles and got born in another universe. But maybe they die in Arrow. I, yeah. I, I, they, they do because I've seen it before, and I think with Crisis on Infinite Earths, like I said, it's one of the biggest crossovers in the DC Comics history. Uh, there's huge stakes in that event. So I think you need to sort of replicate it here as well. You need to have some stakes. Yeah, we'll talk about it. I, I will watch it. Maybe because of this. Maybe now. we'll do this, that. Yeah. yeah, we should probably do talk about... have a show Once it's all done. Yeah. yeah, once it's all done. I wouldn't have good things to say, but hey, we we'll might see. as well. You, ne- you might be surprised. Exactly. I want to be. Cool. So the last bit of news is we have a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie purportedly in the works. Uh, so it's not a reboot, it's not a remake, it is actually a sequel to the original film. Uh, so a la Halloween and what they did, so all the other sequels that came after the original don't exist, forget they were ever made. Oh, okay. This one is a direct sequel 
to the original. So that scene where he was at the end, this, that's, that's it. We should forget everything else that came. Okay, I can do that. I don't know. Like I said, we need to talk about this. Um, maybe do a dedicated podcast where we talk about this. But remakes, man. Remakes, reboots, Remake, and sequels. sequels. Yeah. Too many. Literally too many. Why? I get the only. I get Disney when Disney does it because Disney is a diff- Disney is a, gen- a different machine. Yeah, it's a generational company. Like so, I get you want that what you what you experienced as a kid you want your kids to experience it so they have to remake it modern modern yeah exactly with modern technology i get that for disney but everybody else i don't i don't, I don't I, it's too much mm-hmm. it's literally too much it's almost like you know i I'm, i love original things and i think original things should get made more often but the studios aren't making that because they're not making money so they're just focusing all of hollywood at the minute is focusing and thriving on nostalgia that that's what it, they're looking at what came out in the 80s what came out in the 90s how can we do a sequel to that or re-bring it back into the forefront and and the only thing like most of the time i think it falls flat because you the, the whole purpose of for me anyway of bringing something back is to introduce it to a new generation mm-hmm. you know yeah uh, but what you're doing is just bringing in the older people and the new generation don't care Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then the older generation, like, well, this wasn't as good as the original. Like, exactly. So you've not pleased anyone. You've not pleased anyone. It, it's 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 crazy because um, and some of those stories they are bringing back are not relevant anymore. Like, did you hear they're remaking Face Off? I heard. You see, yeah, I heard that. And I'm like, yo, you can. I'm like, that movie, that that movie doesn't work in modern day cinema. Exactly. That movie is a night it's so 90s that movie. You know, it's the it's the right amount of, you know, flavor of 80s cocaine and uh, you know that sort of type of film that only can exist from the 90s. Exactly, because technology wasn't what it was then. Now you can't sell a story of how you surgically replaced somebody's face. It it, it doesn't make sense. In the 90s, oh, that's a cool idea. We didn't know better, but um and now, I don't know if you know this film, Stallone's film, um, Tango and Cash. I don't. Yes, I saw Stallone talking about it. I don't know if he says. I don't know if he says they're doing it or he would like to. He do would it. like. To, okay. I, I, just I, I think he said them. he would like to do it if he was to remake any of it. I think he said that one, uh, but I don't know if that's the thing. I hope he doesn't. Like, um, this is how franchises die. The, all these remakes. Now, the Alien franchise is dead. We haven't, yeah. Because of all the many remakes and remixes and all that. that. That whole thing, you know, that monster. You know, I'm talking about not the alien, sorry, Predator. No, no, but I agree with you. Even Alien as well. Alien, Alien, the franchise, you know. Yeah, I mean. For me, there hasn't been a good Alien film since Aliens. You know, after the first two, off, amazing. And then, you know, and then all the others were just awful. Yeah. Ripley, the original. She was the original strong female character. female character. Yeah, but what I what I meant to say was um, Predator. You know that Predator. That franchise is gone. Yeah, you can't again. I it. only enjoyed the first one. Yeah, it's dead in water. But that first one was so good. But they keep making all these remakes. Anyway, like we said, we'll have a show dedicated to talk about this. But yeah, I mean, I mean, back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, I'm gonna go in this very much like I did with the Halloween one going okay here we go another uh, but i was pleasantly surprised with halloween so this could do the same 
who 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 knows true but i'm I, my expectations are i'm not going to have them very high for this i'm just going to keep them low and if it surprises me great yeah i'm just hoping it's that origin that original texas chainsaw max it's a classic it's a classic it wasn't just about a guy with the chainsaw it was the the atmosphere the un- everything about it was creepy at the time you, if if that film came out now the original texas chainsaw it wouldn't it wouldn't it hit would, as much yeah now. exactly Man, it's not good. I'm not happy with that. I'm really well, not happy. Put a pin on that, mm. and we will leave that for another time, because now we're going to head over to the trailer park. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. Quite a few trailers this weekend, D. Mm-hmm. As we said, not much news, but plenty of trailers to talk about. And the first one comes from Stephen King and Joe Hill. So this is an adaptation of In the Tall Grass to be released on Netflix. I don't know about you, Andy, but I really like this trailer. It looks good. Uh, I mean, we've said in the past that we think maybe Stephen King's horror is a bit outdated for modern audiences. This got me, you know, this got me shivering. Oh, yeah, me too. Like, yeah, you're right. We've always not been fans of Stephen King on the show, but no, this trailer looks creepy as hell. Like... I, it, it, it did scare me. Just the trailer, and very few. I think trailers what's do that. so the element of fear about it is the fact that uh, we didn't see really any demons or monsters or anything of like that, and it's the element of that you can get lost in this just sea of grass is scary, and you you know you can't see a way out. You know you can hear people, but you can't see them. You know that almost could happen to anyone. Exactly. They, they, all they've done is they've heightened it. You know for, for movie purposes. But in theory, you know, it can happen to anyone. Yeah, I think that's what sells it. The fact that it can happen to anyone. You know, when you watch a house, haunted house thing, you know houses aren't haunted, <laughs> you know? So you can't relate to that horror or monsters. You know monsters aren't real. So you can't relate to that. But this, you're right. You can get lost in the woods. And it's just, that's that feeling that you can relate to the horror. Exactly. For me, I think it all goes back to when you're a child. You know, one of the scariest things to happen to you as a child is if you lost your parents. Getting lost, yes. Do you know what I mean? That is terrifying. So I think think getting lost is with us from the very early age all the way up to adulthood. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. I'm certainly going to see this one in the cinema. This is a cinema movie. This is Netflix. Oh, oh. Yeah, oh, Netflix. I'm it's certainly no, going to see no when it's No cinema here. This no is cinema. straight on Netflix. Man, the world has changed. Yeah, and this is, uh, for me anyway, this looks like a cinema quality film. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, also with Stephen King, the fact that it's written by Joe Hill, um, I actually prefer Joe Hill to Stephen King as a horror, as a horror writer. Okay. Uh, for a lot of people, he is like below Stephen King, uh, but I see him as modern day. He's just killing it with these horror books, and he's, he also does a lot of horror comics and stuff. He's so good, and I I, th- I kind of think maybe the reason this one looks maybe as good is because he was there with Stephen King, maybe guiding Stephen King. Maybe all oh, this. Ah oh, man, but Stephen King is the OG. When no, it comes but to it's all about collaboration, you know as well. True, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, oh, but one thing, though, it's funny how I thought it was coming out in the cinema. You just corrected me and said it's Netflix. That's the world we live in now. On streaming services, we have cinema quality shows i mean half if not more than half of the trailers we're going to talk about are coming out on streaming services that's 
the future. That's the future, as we've always said. I think no, no, it's no longer the future. It's it's the now. It's the now. That's we're here. That's where we are now. Yeah. So yeah, that comes out October fourth. So I will be checking out that weekend yes. for sure. Uh, the next trailer we have is the full trailer for Ryan Johnson's new film, Knives Out. Now, the trailer uh, debuted just after the film premiered in the Toronto Film Festival, where it came up to glowing reviews. A lot of people already putting it at their number one film of the year. Really? Yeah, yeah. If, if, if you look at some of the reviews, The Telegraph, Guardian, all of that, five stars, all this good stuff. Uh, the trailer gives more background story of what we're to expect. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's still very ambiguous, I think, the trailer. It's mm -hmm. still very much like, we have no idea what the reveal is going to be. I'm hoping it's not going to be the same thing as Murder on the Orient Express. Did you watch yeah, it? Yeah, no, no, no. I, don't, I, I think Ryan Johnson is a lot cleverer than, okay. than that. I hope go, so. Because, to, to go for. Yeah, because then how that ended is it was everybody who'd done it. So... I, don't, I think because that film came out, Ryan Johnson's probably, I'm not going to do that. Like, <laughs> hope, it, hope especially because so. it was so recently as yeah, well. Yeah, I so, hope so. I mean, this looks, for me, this looks great. It's it does a, look good. It's a, it's a classic whodunit tale. I don't think we get enough of those these days. Uh, but it's got that Ryan Johnson sort of flavor on it. And for me, the performances yes. are what's drawing me more to this movie. The like, casting first. The casting. Just even getting them together. Just the names. Yeah. Then moving them to deliver such performances. Ryan Johnson, you know, for all the slack I give to him, I think he's done a good job with the actors in this film. He's a great director. I think he's a fantastic director. Now, I mean, you even said it before. If you look at Last Jedi as a standalone film, it's a good science fiction yeah. film. Yeah. It's, and it's very well directed. Mm -hmm. um, so the fact that he's managed to get all this cast and direct them all, and it, Daniel Craig looks amazing in this film. Like and, and I love that they held him off until near the end. Like he was there in the trailer, but he didn't say anything until near the end, which is really cool. Very and no, the cinematography looks good. It looks like a visually appealing film, so it's really kind of cool. Yeah, I'm looking to forward watch. to it. Yeah, definitely the one to watch. Um, cinema? Where's this one out? Of? This is out in the cinema. Okay. This is yeah. Ryan Johnson's. He's an old school guy. He's he wants his films out in the cinema. Cool. Now you got to ask these days. You can't tell if well, it's cinema. You do have to ask. <laughs> <laughs> no, this one's definitely coming out in the cinema. The next one to come out in the cinema is the film Dark Waters. And this is a new movie starring Mark Ruffalo as he basically tries to save a small town from an evil chemical company mm -hmm. that he used to work for. Mm -hmm. That's the basic premise yeah. of this thing. Uh, what do you think, Eddie? Loved, loved it. Love it. Uh, maybe it's, I think it's probably based on the Finch water, water thing in the, in the States. I love these kind of films like Erin Bronkovich. I, I love this kind of investigative reporter kind of films and all of that. I'm, I actually have a pet project. I'm writing something like that for a future, future project. Because it, it's, it's the same screenwriter as Spotlight. Yeah, okay. And that, the, uh, that was an amazing film. So it's got that sort of mystery investigating reporting style to it. Yeah, but can we talk about how good Mark Rufo look, oh. looks in that film? I think he is one of the most underrated actors uh, in Hollywood today. I think that would be Malik, um, Mr. Robot. Um, Rami Malik. Rami Malik, yeah. A again, he's, but uh, Mark Ruffalo, I think, is extremely underrated. Yeah, he you is. You know, because uh, obviously a lot of people think of him as Bruce Banner, you know, the, the Hulk. But even in those films, he gives out really good performances. And then when you see him in stuff like this, because uh, he was also in Spotlight, he's great. He's so good. You can also see 
in this performance he's gained a bit of weight yeah that, that's i'm not sure did we, we need to research on who this film is actually based yeah on. and see and see if that guy was a bit overweight yeah. I, i'm leaning to more towards to that he's put on that weight for the role um because you saw him only a few months ago like looking f looking fine so you know the fact that this because he would have shot this film last year probably and you know you've seen pictures of him now and he looks fine so i reckon it's probably for the role yeah you know in hollywood they they they, they have the best nutritionist so they it's know what how money to, buys you yeah they know how to, they can put on weight and drop it like putting on a hoodie that just it just happens but he looks really i just if he did it for the film i really respect that because other films what they've done is they've prosthetics they've used um mm -hmm. and it just looks awful when they do it like sometimes it can be done well i mean if we look back to um what was that gary Oldman as winston churchill darkest hour that one was done that one was done very and that's all prosthetics i didn't like vice have you seen vice yes i didn't yeah, like with that with christian bale yeah i didn't yeah. like that one and so i think i've had more i mean bad examples are than good so but if he did this for the art that's 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 what filmmaking is about that's why i'm not a fan of big cgi films unless it is advertised as a big cgi film i like and personally this is why i never i watch all my tom cruise films in the cinema because of the hard work the guy puts in and they don't use CGI and all you that. You need to appreciate it on the big screen. Yeah, not that, but when I go to watch it in the cinema, I feel I'm giving back to the filmmakers. I feel, because sit, me sitting down at home and watching it on Netflix, nothing sort of goes... It doesn't capture the same magic. I mean, what I mean more is more the fact that I want to give back to the actor. Money, back to the actor. I want the, my money to go back to them, you know? So when I watch it in the cinema, I feel like, yes, I am paying for this. I'm giving the money back to the actors. So it, it's what it's that's why I watch every Tom Cruise film in the cinema because that guy does he's a he makes films. He doesn't sit behind a green screen and um just doing stuff. He's actually out there jumping from aeroplanes, climbing on tall buildings just to entertain me. So when somebody does that, you know, you have to give him the money. Yeah. Uh, so we'll move on to the next trailer, and that is Raising Dion. Mm. ND, mm. I'm going to go ahead and let you start this one off because I'll I'll say my bit in a, in, a, in a second. But you love this. I loved it, man. I did because I personally I think it's um, it might not be, but the way I see it, I see it's Netflix middle finger to Disney, saying you've taken away all your superheroes from us. We are going to create our own superhero franchise and this looks amazing it didn't even start it started like a drama you know a boy a little boy and all that then the michael b jordan wasn't it and he was like oh that boy is special and i was like yeah maybe he's he's good at maths or something then the trailer then kicked in and man do i love what i saw it was really really good so um i am so pumped up for this and I want Netflix. I want Netflix to have their own superhero thing. You know, I want that. I want to see new superheroes. Like we had the boys. I want to see new stuff. I'm tired of. I'm not tired of it, though. But you get my point. No, I I totally know what you mean. Now, yeah, I echo everything you said. This series it caught me off guard as well. Yeah. Like um, from the beginning, I thought this was going to be more of a personal type of story. Yeah, you saw the car coming, and I was like, and both of us we were like, oh, you know. But he vanished, and I was like. Wait, 
<laughs> what what just happened? Uh, and then they just exploded from there. So the, this kid has powers, and you know the government's after super-powered people. All this, all, it just looks great. Um, focusing focusing on you know a black kid as well, you mm-hmm. know, and his mom because you know it shows that by the end of the trailer you saw that we're a team sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So that looks really nice. And echoing on what you said as well, this is a original superhero story. Now I know what you mean about the boys, but even the boys was adapted from a comic book. This is completely original. There's no books, no comics, anything. This is Netflix doing their own thing. Loving it. And we've said this before, because as we see now, all these companies creating their studio, uh, streaming services, sorry, bringing all their content in-house, Netflix is losing a lot of properties. You know, they're losing, you know, sitcoms and all the Marvel stuff, Star Wars. So what do you do? Well, you realize we have to make something to compensate for this. Mm Mm-hmm. This is what they're doing. I'm loving it. I want more. I want more. I want, I hope it's a universe they are creating. That'd be cool. That would be really cool. So we'll see the government side of it. Why the government is chasing the mutants. We'll have other, uh, I said mutants, but you know what I mean. Well, you call mutants, yeah, yeah. Chasing, you know, all of that. I want it to be a universe, not like a standalone, you know, ty- type of team. But I am so pumped up for this because I'm a big fan of Netflix. And when they do good stuff, I love it. This is what if now Netflix increased their price by a pound. Yes, yeah, yeah. I can if this is what I'm gonna be getting. Yeah, then it's fine. You know, I don't mind paying for quality. If yeah, if if you're gonna give me good shows like what and it has Michael B. Jordan. You know, you know how how hard that would have been because he's a list actor now. He's the a list black actor. They're just about two, three, four, five of them because. Folks like Denzel Washington and the rest, they've, they're about to retire. They, well, yeah, they've had their career already. They've, yeah, so if you need... This guy's the new guy. The new, Yeah, he's the one. And he's killing it. He's so good, man. He's just so good. And he's on it. So he doesn't strike me like he's the main lead. No, I think he's going to be... You know, he's like the, his father. I think we're going to get more like flashback scenes with him, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and like, and as you saw, maybe camera, phone footage. Yeah, or, and, or maybe he has superpowers. There's a theory as well. I mean, where did the kid get them from? Exactly. Was he was it inherited or was he experimented on? Exactly. And how did Michael B. Jordan know he was special? Because he said in the trailer, this yeah. kid is special. Exactly. How did he know? So he knows something so that the mom didn't key. know. Yeah. He's key to the story. So more to come. We shall see. Yeah. And, I mean, we don't have to wait that long. It comes out October 4th. That's two weeks away. Two, uh, two weeks away. Look, so on October 4th, we're getting In the Tall Grass, mm-hmm. Raising Dion and The Joker. Oh. On the same day. On the same day. Well, I'm going to see the Joker. Yeah. But you got all weekend because this is on, at home waiting for you on Netflix. And it's a series. This it's is not a, a series, film. Yeah. It's a series on series. Netflix. And it's all coming out. It's not a weekly thing. Is I it? imagine so. I, Netflix tend to release all oh, episodes. You at know, once. they do have these. Dem- some. some yeah. yeah, that but they I do. Think, I think this is probably going to be launching all at once. Good. So man. maybe maybe one to binge over the weekend. Yeah, Joker is coming, man. Joker is oh, coming. Oh, man. Can't wait to review that film. Oh, yeah, same. Can't wait. Okay, so uh, we go from really positive notes to maybe not so positive notes. And we go to the last trailer of the week, and that is Dickinson. This is, um, well, this is something. Uh, it's a trailer for Apple TV Plus's uh, streaming service coming out. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, ND, about this one. Uh, I mean, so it's basically based on Emily Dickinson. She wants to write and... 
I don't know what it's. It seems to be set in the 1800s, maybe. Yeah. For me, what's throwing me off about this whole series is that, if for me, if you're going to do a period piece, in this case the 1800s, make it correct, make make, make it feel right. Yeah. Because they've got the aesthetic, but even the aesthetic, to some sense, doesn't feel right. And the way they're all speaking, their body language, it's too modern for yeah. me. Yeah. It feels like it should be a show played nowadays, mm -hmm. but they're just wearing really old clothes. Yeah. So it looks so ridiculous. It, it looks weird, and and the story itself, it's it's just not getting me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can see for some people if they would enjoy it, but for me, it's just not bringing me in. It's this honestly, my, the word I used for it is boring. That it's yeah. it just looks boring, and you're right. It looks like a costume party because they are speaking normal, like we speak today, but they are dressed like they lived in, in the 1800s, and in the trailer. The sound that they used for the trailer was modern, yeah, it's a modern day music. Modern day music. Who does that? You don't do a period. Every period trailer you've watched, they will always play classical music because that's the, the only time. one who doesn't and it gets away with it and it does it very well is Peaky Blinders. Yeah, that's the only exception. But they they do it really well because it's got the. But the music that they're that in Peaky Blinders, the music that they're playing reflects perfectly to the tone of the series. This doesn't. This, that I have no idea what they're going for here. Yeah, Picky Blinders is not even that old. I mean, it's dated, but it's not like 200, just 1800, like in the time of beat. There's so much rich music that, yeah, it's, this is it's weird. And the, 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 the more concerning thing about it is it's on Apple Plus. We spoke about it earlier in the show. We, it, we don't, I haven't seen anything good come out from Apple Plus. Nothing that's bringing me in, no. I'm not impressed, man. This is not a good thing. This, um, what, what's it called? Dickinson? Uh, Dickinson. So, uh, what are they trying to say? Was this Emily Dick This is Emily Dickinson, like Charles Dickens' um, daughter. daughter maybe? Or, uh, I see what they're going with the whole female empowerment Me too thing. movement. Yeah. Me too, but come on, do it right. Don't, don't force it. it. Yeah, this for me seems forced. It seems forced. Like, I'm all, I'm all for, like, you know, that type of content. But if it's done well, it's all about execution. Yeah, and the whole trailer, the whole, oh, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to get married. I'm not. Ah. Stuffing it down your throat. Yeah, like, it's too much. Too it's much. too much, man. Oh, nah, not, this is not, I mean, Apple Plus, I think they can do better. Oh, yeah, 100% they can do better. They, so this is not, the, it doesn't feel like this is Apple. No, I, I mean, two th like I said before, two things that I really like about Apple TV Plus is the price. Mm. It's very well cheaped and the really good offer they got going on. If you buy um, an Apple product, you get it for a year for free. That's great. But for me, like if I buy the new iPhone, I will get it for free. But that is the only way I will get this. I I'm not willing, even if it's so cheap as $4.99, currently, I am not willing to spend my money on this because the content is not bringing. In the future, Maybe, maybe in the future they bring out some really good shows and movies, and then I'm like, okay, now we're in business and we got some good stuff. But now, on launch, which is arguably, I think, one of your most pivotal moments, you have to launch with a bang. Exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, look at Disney Plus. They're <laughs> launching crazy. Mandalorian. And we've just spoken about today, uh, NBC Universal, at launch, everything we discussed. That's a lot. Of Here we're getting Dickinson and C. Like, yeah, see, we didn't even talk about yeah, C. Yeah, the Jason Momoa. Yeah, I mean, I watched it. I'm like, <sighs> I'm not impressed. No, I'm not impressed. I don't know. I think Apple can do so much better. They can. It, it almost looks like what they've done is they just released the, um, um, a service because they had to. 
then just put a lot of money but they've not yet put strategy they've not put a strategy or they just want to be in the conversation yeah i think it, I, the reason i think i think they're approaching this very wrong i think they're approaching this like one of their products and I, I think you need to look at this. This is a different machine here. Yeah. That's why Netflix and Disney are so successful with it because they're, they're, they're strategizing in the field of Hollywood. Now, this is, you know, Apple are only now just entering. You know, obviously we have to give them, you know, they revolutionized music, digital yep. music. You, yes. You can't fault them for that. That was them. You know, we wouldn't have Spotify if it wasn't for, for Apple. True. But this is, they're, they're new to the Hollywood game, to the TV and film game. Mm-hmm. And they, I think they need to approach this very differently to how they've done things before. I think they need a fresh take on how to approach this. Yeah, they need a new idea, something just different. I think they need to bring someone in. Yeah, uh, they've got Spielberg, they've got but, yeah, Abrahams, but, they've got. Yeah, but there's. Th so yeah, that's great. But they're making the content. You need someone directing the in the in terms of how is this streaming service going to work? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. need like a producer sort of guy or girl, yep. you know, overlooking everything yeah. and saying, right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make this series and we're going to make that series with this person. Do you know what I mean? And it doesn't seem like that's happening. Yeah, they need to poach. I think they need to poach one of those guys from Netflix and make him the CEO of Apple, Apple TV Plus because, because Netflix has been in the game since the DVD. Netflix took out Blockbuster <laughs> since the DVD, time of DVD and all that. They have a lot of experience about how to break into an industry and all of that. So I think... But all these companies do. Disney, Universal, Warner Brothers, they all know what they're doing in a sense. Yeah, they do. Apple need to c catch up. I think, Apple, like I said, I think Apple just came in because they wanted to just be in the conversation. You know how, like a placeholder, you know, hold this seat for me when I come back, you know, hold my seat. I think that's what they did. Just placeholder, let's just be there. Then maybe next year, they will get a proper CEO or COO and that would probably give them, give us more direction because so far, this is just money wasted. That's what I think. Yeah. I agree with you. Uh, in a re somewhat related note, mm. but sort of separate, why I find this really interesting. So the day when Apple had their keynote and released the new phones and they talked about Apple TV+, Plus, the price and all that, the same day, Bob Iger, who is uh, one of the board of directors yeah. of Apple, yeah. left his position. Yeah, I heard that. I don't know. What, what was? Did he leave? Was he pushed or did he jump? What do you reckon? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean... Bob Iger, he doesn't need to be on the board of the directors for Apple. He, come on, it's Bob Iger. He was Bob Iger. He, he, yeah, boy, it's Apple. But it's Apple. You know. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's been on the board for a long time, nearly 15 years, I think. Mm. Uh, and we know Disney has always had a very good relationship with Apple. So it's interesting. On the same day as well. Yeah, on the same day. Like, it's not coincidence. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's coincidence, but... There's obviously we can't report the story. I have no idea. None of us do. Even what if they told us, probably wouldn't understand yeah, it. <laughs> it's a political answer. Yeah. yeah, let's see. But Bob Iger, you're the man. You're he's, the man. He's, he's the guy. <laughs> so yeah, that is the trailers, Andy. Yep. Loved all of them, apart from maybe Dickinson. Uh, and like we said, it's crazy that most. I think yeah, most of these trailers we talked about are all coming out on a streaming service. Amazing. That's Movies and TV are. series. That's where we are. That is where we are. Uh, so next up is not where we are, but what's coming in the future for you guys. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? 
will do you, punk. Zendi, yeah. couple of movies to talk about. The first one being Ready or Not. Yes. We, we, we reviewed the trailer on here yep. a few weeks back. Yes. We both loved it. I'm so happy this movie's actually coming out, <laughs> for, for starters. Um, so, yeah, are you excited to see this movie? I am. Like are you, I thought they would cancel it. When they cancelled, um, what's the other one? The, the Hunt. The Hunt. When they, because they both have the same similar, premise. Yeah, yeah, similar vibe. Yeah, about, you know, so I thought this would get cancelled, but it wasn't. So, this is, guys listening, this is a good, good film. It's the one where a girl gets married into a family, a rich family, and she thinks it's all rosy. Then finds out that the family they have this hide and seek game, game, yeah. unquote game, a hide and seek game, where you hide and they seek and destroy you, try to kill you, they basically, try to kill you, and, uh, and you got to survive until dawn. Until dawn. Uh, but what we saw in the trailer that doesn't probably happen, and it's just a killing spree. Yep. And what I also really liked about it is that it's it had some really funny moments in there as well, like it had sprinkled in humor at the right parts. Yes. So I, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, it strikes me like um, the Purge. You you've you never watched it's like the Purge, but you never watched the Purge series. Not did the you? series. I've seen the films, yep. not the series. You should watch the series on Amazon. It's really it's actually really good the series the purge series on amazon i've it's heard a, good things yeah, yeah yeah it's really good so it reminds me of that but that's a good franchise though that purge but yeah so so nice franchise good good baseline story the films the first one was really good the second one not so much the third one was even worse then they then they took it to amazon or amazon but the license, but the rights, rights, yeah, license, and um, the series is was. I've heard good things. I need, I need to check out because I really like the first one. Not so much of a fan of the next Second two films, third, yeah. yeah. But yeah, and then that's coming out next week on Friday, and then also on Friday we have the Goldfinch that everybody thought, yeah, this is going to be an Oscar contender. Hansel Eggcourt, um, you said uh, this looks kind of weird. You, you know the film I'm talking about where he's in the the museum, not the the art gallery, and then something happens. Uh, the pr- it was premiered at Toronto Film Festival. People didn't like it. They didn't like it, right? Most critics, not fans. You said you saw it coming, so might give this one a miss. Yeah, no, it's not a cinema film. Nah, nah. We'll watch it on TV. Not I even, don't even know if I will see. <laughs> not even DVD on <laughs> yeah. TV. Um, yeah, so it's not a big in the theaters. It's not a big theater week week so i guess we'll just stick to netflix and amazon get right and see what happens keep on watching those series we do need to apologize i think we've had some audio issues in during the show those listening please forgive us for the audio problems we are having this week so that is it andy that is the show so glad to have you back on film seven sorry guys for missing out last week's episode but andy is back in full force so, before we head off, where can the people find you, Andy? Find me on Twitter at Unduaj, N-D-U-A-J. Before I actually I go off, I actually have to say one more thing. Yes. Uh, thank you, everyone, who has listened to our first Film 7 Chit Chat with director Sophie Black. Uh, it was great talking to her. Check out her film, Growing Shadows. Really, really good Poison Ivy fan film. So, again, thank you all for that. And we will have more chit chats coming for you guys it's a month it's gonna be a monthly chit chat right i re- yeah i really liked that interview it's good wasn't it she she was so insightful and she was so great as well like really so we have like i said more more exciting things coming to film seven but you can find me on twitter and instagram at sweaty jake and you can listen to chit chat and all our other episodes on spotify apple Podcasts, and any place where you can get streaming services as well as find us on social media on instagram twitter and facebook But until the next show, guys, 
See you later.